You're listening to WP Radio. I'm your host, Terry Doherty. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be putting out one episode per day of our live interviews from the OIAA Claims Conference that was held in downtown Toronto. We had such a fun time there, meeting everybody and interviewing our guests. These were all smaller interviews, so we're going to do our advertisement first and then have the entire interview all in one chunk. This episode is brought to you by Osgood Professional Development. Osgood's upcoming program, Successful Advocacy in Insurance Mediations, will be held on February 21st and 22nd in downtown Toronto. Chaired by Frank Gomberg and Paul Torrey, leading a faculty of over 20 distinguished counsel and mediators, it will provide you with tools that will improve every mediation you appear on. Join in person or by live webcast and learn more at osgoodpd.ca forward slash insurance. This episode is with Neil Butler, Director of Insurance Services for Pension. Now please enjoy. All right, it's uh, Terry Doherty. We're here at WP Radio and uh, we're at the OIAA Claims Conference and we're live. And right now I have Neil Butler of Pension Environmental. And uh, Neil, first of all, thank you very much for coming on today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh, um, Neil, uh, tell me a little bit about Pension. Uh, I'm just looking at some of your paperwork here. You've got 36 offices across the country. That's right. Uh, Pension is a multidisciplinary engineering consulting firm. We've got uh, 36 offices across Canada. Um, we support, uh, for the insurance industry, um, mainly uh, building and environmental claims. Um, yeah. Um, so you, what would be your specialty at Pension? Not yours specifically. What is Pension's main focus? What do they do? For sure. Um, it's a great question. Um, Pinchin is, is more commonly known for hazardous materials and, and mold type work. Um, our found, founder, Don Pinchin, was one of the, the founding people in, in asbestos and hazardous materials in Canada, helped write a number of the regulations that apply in, in Canada, um, and we're definitely leaders in that industry. Um, one thing that isn't as well known for, um, you know, definitely insurance professionals um, is our role in the uh, contaminated sites, spills, cleanup uh, side of things. Um, currently at Pynchon, we do about half our revenue from um, contaminated sites, remediation, and spills uh, remediation and in similar um, disciplines. So that, that may be something that, that people don't know about Pynchon that, that we're uh, definitely experts at and, and can service those types of um, projects across Canada. So your focus, I'm just looking here, is residential fuel losses. You do industrial commercial spills and other contaminate releases. So we're talking uh, tractor trailers, road spills, that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, we get involved when there's been a release of chemicals to the environment, whether it's from you know, a transport uh, truck uh, going off the highway in, in snowy conditions and um, left a, a big mess of uh, diesel fuel in its place. So we want to get in there and make sure that the, you know, the Ministry of the Environment's um, happy with the work being done and that we're not causing additional damage. And then it's uh, completing the spill cleanup in a, in a cost-effective way that you know both the insurance company and the insured can be rest assured that the, the liability has been dealt with, but we're also doing it in a way that is cost-effective and we're not just throwing money at the wall. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of new technology being spouted around with this thermal imaging and all yep. sorts of stuff. Sure. Um, let's talk about that. Do you, sure. how, what do you think about that, this whole thermal imaging, trying to develop the plume from th thermal imaging? Do you, you know, is, is that really... 
is it cost effective, first of all? Well, first off, you know, new technologies are great. I think, uh, you know, we need to look at them as far as tools and what are their capabilities that they can do. Um, we need to be careful about new technologies and make sure we're not adapting them and say that they can do more than they can actually do. Um, thermal imaging and, 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 and new technologies have come available that we can look into the subsurface uh, conditions and, and identify a number of chemical characteristics. They're not the all answer. They, they don't tell you everything about a file, but they definitely can um, provide some information and insight that can then help you with the overall problem solving that you're dealing with. Now, I spoke to a couple engineers that said, oh yeah, this is the way of the future, but then I have spoke to others that said, well, they're great in some circumstances, but in a lot of circumstances, they're going to be a big problem because they actually don't work in all soil conditions in That's right. bedrock and... That's uh, right. And, and heavy, dense soil as opposed to loose. Yep. So absolutely. I mean, I think the reality is you need to have a, a qualified person looking at the file and making specific recommendations that relate to both the physical properties of the actual file you're working on, as well as applying potential technologies that are available. No one solution is going to fit all sites, and no one consultant or one engineer is going to uh, use all technologies. So people have their preferences, and they'll go to them. And uh, do you guys use thermal imaging? We, we, we have had some projects where we, we, we have involved that type of work. It's not as widespread as some people make it. Um, myself, I have not been involved in a project where we've used it, but, you know, have been listening to some vendors that, you know, present the data and, and give us some idea of what we can do. And definitely, I've got questions that need to be answered. Like, I have claims that could use this technology that we, you know, could, could use it moving forward. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm asking is I'm looking to know what the cost effectiveness is. Like, what's it cost to do thermal imaging? Well, you, you bring out a, a great point. You know, consultants are scientists by nature. Um, a lot of scientists like to dive into a research project and, you know, spend thousands and thousands of dollars investigating the problem. If it's a quick payout of $5,000, it's not worth, um, you know, evaluating or putting that much money into solving the problem in the first place. Um, I think, you know, you have to wait for the right file that has a, a unique problem that this can answer and then applying it to get that answer. So... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it. I just I'm I'm waiting to see some more information on it. Is really what I'm saying, from my standpoint, anyway. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of that technology is is mostly used for identifying the specific depths of where contaminants are. One of the things that I'm most interested in is is the ability to identify or differentiate between older contaminant plumes and newer contaminant. Well, plumes. then that, that's a problem we deal with on 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 a number of environmental contaminated sites. And it's funny you say that because I think that would be where I would like to see it more ever used because the historical site spills I think are a big problem because yeah. the old days, they didn't clean up the way we're forced to clean up now. Absolutely. Um, it, and let's talk about these roadside spills where we've sure. got waterways and, yep. and groundwater yep. right on the sides of the roads. Um, is that problematic? Is that something that, you know, are we making a mountain of a molehill here or is, or is this something we really need to be concerned about? Great question. Uh, you know, I, I, th I think there's, you know, every site is unique. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get a file in, in, in say, northern Ontario where um, it's fairly remote, um, very difficult to clean up, um, where you may have a, a water body or, 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 you know, next to a creek. I mean, we definitely need to protect the environment so that we're not causing, you know, a, a problem for drinking water in, in communities that's taking that water. Um, but at the same time, there's ways of managing that water, right? Um, we've been on losses where contractors have been pulling thousands and thousands and thousands of liters of 
I'm going to use quotation mark here, contaminated water, uh, you know, with costs of several hundred thousand dollars, um, when is there another way of looking at it? Um, can you uh, mitigate the site where you um, make sure that the water is not going anywhere else? Can you collect it, skim off the, the most contaminated uh, water from the top of the surface, reducing uh, claim dollars that are being spent? Um, I think we need to look at every scenario and apply a common sense solution going forward. So in every scenario, do you need to remove water? Um, no, you don't. Um, in every scenario, um, do you need to get it off the site right away? No, you don't. So, so you, you'd be more, ad, ad, I don't know how to word it, but on-site treatment, right? Yep. Um, so where they're actually bringing it in containers and they're right. cleaning it on-site and yep. then releasing it back into sure. the environment after it's been done, gone mobile, through all the mobile treatment units. Yeah, yeah, the mobile yeah. treatment unit. Yeah. And, and I find that, you know, when I start talking about those, some people get their back up and think, Absolutely. oh no, we got to remove water off-site immediately. Yeah, yeah. Mo you know, mobile tre treatment units get a, get a bad name in consulting um, or in, in insurance files for sure. Um, it's likely because of, you know, certain consultants putting them on sites and, and you know, invoicing several thousand dollars every month till, till the end of time and you know, the claim dollars being racking up um, um, to points that everyone questions why they're being used. At the same time, there's there's sites where this is great technology to use and it's perfect technology to be utilized at that property. So yeah, I agree, people get, you know, we be very careful about adopting an, a mobile treatment unit on a site. Um, the way I always deal with it, which is pretty common sense, is you use an Excel spreadsheet and you add up all the costs of removing it from the site, you add up all the costs and the potential delay associated with bringing a mobile treatment uh, system to a property, and then you take the lower of the two. It's not that difficult. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'd agree. I, I just find that the, you know, you're bringing in VAC trucks and yep. the VAC trucks can be, you know, five a day at yep. $700 a day. You're, Absolutely. You, you, the money is just escalating by the day and I don't Absolutely. think people actually think about it in the long term if there's you know an ongoing flow of water coming through the site. Absolutely. The the only issue with MTUs that, that is a bit of a problem is that there is a, a notification period that you have to uh, no, notify the MOE that you're going to bring one to the site and you know sometimes the delay can be upwards of upwards of two weeks. Sometimes it's difficult to forecast how uh, what conditions are going to be like you know two weeks from now. Um, we've had some files that we deal with at the end of winter when you know this the During thaw the is thaw. happening right yeah. there, right? And you're like, geez, we're hauling a lot of water right now. Are we going to need the same water of, of uh, volume of water in a couple of weeks? All I'm going to do is ba go back to my previous statement, which is you know, open up Excel, put in your costs for what you're doing right now, what you anticipate it to be. Usually, it's a fairly uh, quick decision. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, smoke damage and building and. Uh, Building envelope in investigation repair. You guys involved in that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you know, Pension has experts uh, in those disciplines across the country. My my own individual uh, expertise is not within those areas. I mean, I, I I you know, when we get requests for um, experts on on files, you know, we talk to our practice leaders that are in charge of you know setting the technical requirements across the country and selecting the right people. But um, the reality is is that you know we are experts in these areas and we have people that can work on them. Yeah. And uh, another touchy subject that sure. I, I like is mold, yep. because as soon as somebody hears mold, they think, "Oh my God, I got to move out sure. of my house." It's you know, it's life changing. 
Um, but I've learned from dealing with mold claims, there's good mold, there's bad mold, and there's mold everywhere. Absolutely. Um, so what's your practice when dealing with mold claims? Are you... Again, it's not my area of expertise, but I mean, what you're saying is true. Um, you know, mold comes up um, when there's water and, and there's the right conditions for it to um, um, grow. Um, it can be an issue, and, and, and thankfully, you know, the, you know, Mulder is an issue where there's been enough research in, in the last, you know, several dec decades where there is good guidance on, on mold. Um, look at something like smoke damage, where it's a little bit different in that um, there isn't any standards or requirements for removal. There is no defined clean line for what is acceptable. These are uh, questions that consultants struggle with on, on, on these types of files. And what about asbestos? Do you deal with asbestos? Um, myself, I do not, but but, but the company, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you've got that hazardous material yep. portfolio within pension. Absolutely, yep. Okay, and uh, and you've got offices, you like thirty six across the country. Are you predominantly in one province or? Yeah, so, so the way Pynchon was set up, uh, you know, Pynchon Limited proper, I guess you could say, was mainly a Central Canada company. There was a, um, a, a company, uh, Pynchon West, at, at, in Western Canada. Um, that we have an affiliation, um, um, Pynchon LeBlanc Environmental out on the East Coast, and Le, the group Jess4 uh, in, in Quebec. Um, as of this year, we've joined forces with Pynchon West, so Pynchon Limited now goes from Ontario all the way out to the West Coast, and we have the other two organizations that we work with for the rest of Canada. And you have on here catastrophic or cat response. Yep. In, in what regard? Are you talking fire and flood like the Fort McMurray? Sure. Or? Yep. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, one of Pynchon's... You know, Pynchon has offices right across the country um, where we have staff, you know, that lo know the local, you know, regulators, the, the local contractors. Um, when, when there is a CAD event, you know, we also have, uh, you know, 800 people across the country. So when, in a CAD event, we're uh, able to mobilize people from different geographical areas and utilize from the, the local uh, relationships. So, and, and I would say, you know, every service that we can provide locally, we, you know, we, we should be able to provide on a CAD basis as well. Now, um, we talked about technology with the uh, thermal imaging. Um, yep. Let's talk about drones and the use of drones. Is, yep. is that becoming prevalent in your industry? Because I see it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. We had a, we had an internal lunch and learn, I think, last month where um, we, we talked about all the different technologies that Pynchon is using across the country. Um, we had a couple presentations from people using drones uh, in Western Canada on large sites where, you know, you need to get a bird's eye view uh, to inspect the whole property. And it's a technology that you can adopt um, for that. There's complications associated with drones. There's there's a lot of regulations you got to follow. A lot of you know you got to submit your flight plan uh, in in to make sure that you have the appropriate permits. But you know we're moving to an area where uh, technology is or we're moving to a world that technology is being used in everything we do. And there's no reason that you know consulting wouldn't wouldn't adopt those technologies. And it's it's moving quickly as yeah, well, absolutely. right? Yep. Um, now, I would assume with a big fire loss, you might want to put a drone in the air to get a bird's eye view of the entire property. Sure. Check out the roof. Yeah, to you know, see if it's health stable. and safety issues with, with yeah. one on a roof. You need to make sure you're not getting too close to the edge. You fall over. Um, set up a drone with a, a really good camera, and you can get a great look at what's going on on the roof. Absolutely. Excellent. And let's talk about peer review and litigation support. What do, you, what do you guys do in that regard? Well... We deal with insurance, you know, we're, today we're talking about insurance services. Um, we're dealing with claims, you know, part of coverage is for errors and omissions and, and um, liability from either other consultants or contractors. Um, we often get engaged by uh, whether insurance companies directly or through their lawyers to provide an opinion on a file that went, that went sideways. So we will uh, review any information related to the file and, you know, provide opinion uh, to hopefully push the file matter forward. 
So you would be reviewing other engineers' reports. Sometimes, yep. Sometimes, and, you know, sometimes it's, um, you know, contractors that may or may not have made a mistake, and um, the insurance company is concerned that maybe the file, or at least the from the insurance point of view, they they are accusing that things weren't done properly. So, you know, the insurance company is coming in and saying, "Hey, listen, what, what happened here? What should have been done?" what the, wasn't done, and then more importantly, what can be done now to resolve the situation. So building code aspects and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. You know, often it relates to, you know, think, something being missed uh, and, and, you know, causing worse issues. For, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So I just when I think of peer review, I just think of uh, files being back and forth between engineers, but it's not always that. You're talking contractor and, and work-related. Yeah, I mean... It, you're, you're correct. I mean, when you if you talk, I, mean, I was talking more to the litigation support thing. Um, obviously, subrogation comes into play. You know, large files are, are often um, being looked at from a subrogation point of view, and you know, there's also another engineering body that's being looked at. To say, yeah, this is what was done. It made sense. Um, you know, these costs are reasonable. Or whoa, they spent. You know, they, they had an MTUs on the site for what, two years more than they had to. This is unreasonable cost. So this would yeah. be the question. It's the yeah. insurance company. They yeah. get a bill from uh, the remediation contractor that it was a million dollars to remediate this site, you're then brought in to find out as a peer um, to, to oversee that and make sure that those costs were correctly associated with the remediation. Yeah. 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 Okay. And yeah. then uh, let's talk about environmental underwriting support. Uh, sure. Um, what do you guys do in that aspect? How does yeah. that work for you? So we work with a number of companies to help evaluate portfolios of, of property. Um, uh, a number, you know, major real estate companies will will go out and and obtain environmental insurance for their properties. So we'll get involved in and help the underwriters evaluate risk on the portfolio. So, um, we've done some very large portfolios, up, upwards of five thousand reports, where we're turning around in you know three or four weeks, um, and we have a team across Canada that you know dives into the reports and evaluates the potential exposure for the insurance company and fills out a you know a table where we you know communicate those risks and the, the underwriters look. At that and um, write a policy accordingly. Yeah. So, are we talking brownfield sites and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we, we are for sure. But you know, or owners, is this are, owners are getting environmental liability coverage for you know strip malls and and and, and, oh, okay. and every, office towers and every type of property. Is there a reason why they would be doing that? Everybody's got tanks, you know. Oh, okay. Everybody's you're, got you're just, neighbors with tanks, you know. So you're looking, you're doing uh, phase one inspections. It, it's really reviewing the phase ones that are typically done by other companies. Okay. And say, listen, you know, this makes sense, or, or you know what, they, they, we, we identified this issue. We think this should be, uh, this may be a little bit more of a concern moving forward, and we caution the insurer in, in covering that item. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. And um, building and build uh, in environment services. So. Um, you know, HVAC, roofing, yeah, building so envelopes. Yeah, so we've got a building science group that 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 really assesses property. You know, the the the, the department was created for public company or private companies that are. are tra um, transactional due diligence so they're buying properties they're selling properties they want a you know a condition assessment done so that they can identify hey that roof's 25 years old or 50 years old you know you're buying a, a lemon or you know this 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 roof was a place last year um, no need to look at it for you know we'll forecast what the expenditure is going to be um, so you know because we do that all the time we can evaluate losses when to do with buildings so we'll, we'll bring um, you know the same engineers in to evaluate the building and, and be able to make determinations of, of you know, uh, damages for claims. So kind of like what a condo or a co-op would do as far their special assessments. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, yeah. just, you know, having forecasting so they can properly say, Absolutely. you know, if I buy this for $5 million, I'm not going to need to put in a capital investment of extra for, Absolutely. for repairs. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. well, that's interesting. Yep. Um, is there anything you think that we haven't covered off today that you, you think we should let the listeners know about, about pension? Yeah, I think we've done a good job of going over uh, the details. I think if, if you know if anyone's got any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to me, or you know we've got corporate contact information where you can reach out online at pension.com, and we'll be sure to uh, reach out to you and get the answers you need. So your contact is pension.com. That's right. And you have a toll-free number where they can reach you. Yep, that's right. Monday to Friday is one eight five five, pension. P-I-N-C-H-I-N. And we have an after-hours emergency line as well. It's 1-800-577-2653. And, and Neil, how about yourself? Do you have a personal email that I they do. can reach at? You can reach me at nbutler at pension.com. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Neil. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the support that Pension gives the, com- the OIAA. Great. Thanks, Terry. Thanks. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our live series on WP Radio. We'll have another episode or installment for you later in the week. Please check in with us, and if you have any questions, please email me at terry at oiaa.com, and we'll talk with you soon. Are you an insurance adjuster actively adjusting claims? If so... We want you. The OIAA is a professional organization currently consisting of 1,800 claims professionals with its main focus on education, networking, and knowledge. We promote and maintain a high standard of ethics among insurance claims professionals. We work together with government departments and officials, governing bodies, members of other organizations, insurance companies, associations and fraternities, as well as the general public in matters connected with the business of insurance and insurance claims. We recognize the value of networking for education, advocacy, advancing professional standards, and offering mutual support. We provide networking, professional development, inside industry news, and support to insurance adjusters across Ontario. By joining our network of active and associate members, you receive a direct introduction to other members, our Without Prejudice magazine delivered to your door, discounts for all social and professional development events, knowledge from mixing with seasoned, experienced adjusters and with new up-and-coming professionals, and satisfaction knowing that you are an active participant in shaping claims adjustment and risk management services in Ontario. Most compelling of all is the price. Just for $50 a year plus HST, the value far outweighs the fee. Can you afford not to join us? Please visit our website to become a member and to review our calendar of events at www.oiaa.com.